I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. For a little while there, I was actually looking on like the brighter side of things. I was seeing like things were kind of having a positive shift over just slightly. And then the whole riots thing and everything like that hit. And it's like, oh, God, not another thing, (laughs) not another thing. And so many people already, even before the riots, I don't know if if it's happened around you or not, but a lot of people around me have been suffering from depression very heavily. Even people that don't normally, like, I would never even think that would, you know, be depressed. They tend to be very optimistic people are having a hard time right now. So, yeah, it's, it's strange, strange times we're living in, right? Very much so. You know, I think I'm just unfortunate that a lot of people are not aware of the facts of things. They don't see the truth in things. And we're getting a lot of people fighting for things that they don't understand. We're seeing so many different unifications going on, but not all one unified voice and group. And I think right now it's our responsibility as individuals to understand the truth as much as we can. No conspiracy involved, just the truth spread this information to the people around us and get on one voice and start supporting people because i don't think we can be on the sidelines anymore because you're just as guilty as association if you're involved with the crime you're just as guilty as association by sitting on the sidelines and letting this thing continue to happen our time is now for it's never yeah i absolutely feel the same way and i have been saying that that phrase like it's now or never here for quite a few months now um we, like i saw a shift already in in power and what we can do and what we can't do and and that's a problem with what is going on right now and that's the problem with riots it's a temporary solution i'm not against violence and i'm not for it either i just feel that if there if that's the route the american people are going to take then it needs to be organized because because unorganized is just helping if there is another side or the leads or whatever you want to call it. It is it, it is helping the other side. It's making us look bad. It's making us look irresponsible. I agree with you. My, you know, my people I've been talking with that had that same conversation today and said we need to stand up and have it organized. This needs to be organized because together with one good goal, we'll go a lot further. We have a hundred different opinions a hundred different riots it's going to be harder to understand what we're really going for one of the things that i i had said that to in in one of the posts i had said you know it needs to be organized one of the people who says no he'd rather have like a chaotic ride because organized doesn't work and i i really disagree and you know one of the things that we are lacking is we don't have a strong leader a strong voice to go out there and lead the people. We don't have Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or any of the Kennedys. We don't have that voice. Uh, it's a lot harder for people to, you know, come together if there's nobody uniting them. And it's like, what do they expect is going to happen all uh, after all of this? Let's say they succeed. Let's say they everybody turns against the police and burns down the Capitol. Then what? You're you're still unorganized. You're going to have then you're going to face disease. You're going to face starvation. 
Um, the same thing they saw like in the French Revolution. I mean, even the American Revolution wasn't an actual revolution, right? The elites were in control of the revolution. You, you know, you bring a good point. It's a very sad thing. I was thinking about it on the way home and the people are just, how do they not see that that isn't helping? Or, or they can riot and then this cop gets arrested and puts in a jail. And then what? Like, I still see them protesting in different cities. Like, they're protesting in Seattle right now. Denver's now has a curfew. Over here, our I-64 interstate was shut completely down. You couldn't get through one of our tunnels that connect to a different peninsula. I mean, things are getting aggressive. And I think they're justified in continuing these riots. But even after the action's been done, it's been taken care of, they need to have a justified stance now what are your reasons what's your purpose to this and then having the other people coming in to loot and making as you said everyone looking bad and they're just using this as an opportunity to be a criminal you know we're going to come out we're going to still see the criminals come out so people are going to look at actual criminals and think that's everybody but no that's just criminals and another thing i heard was that the fires and stuff like that and and i am not saying this myself this is just something i heard was that it was started by the police department. I've read that buses of protesters would leave, like the peaceful protesters, and then another bus of protesters would come in and just start a whole bunch of chaos just for the the news and to get people riled up. I, I did see, I don't know, I haven't seen any correction on it, but and I'm sure you've seen it too, the post about the police officer with the hammer. We can post that up later on on, on the site so that people know who we're talking about. Uh, but we allegedly did catch a cop, a police officer, starting the um, looting. So, I mean, we don't even know who to trust at this point or, or what's actually going on. But a meme that I found super funny is the whole uh, what happened to coronavirus memes, you know, like, oh, it's a good thing. Right. Start now. Coronavirus is gone or whatever. Like no one's talking about that right now. It's just one thing after another. Yeah, no one's talking about it. Well, I you know, it's something that's, it's, it makes you wonder what this truly is. You know, I have a lot of friends that question literally everything. They don't know who to trust, what to trust. And I don't blame them right now because we don't know if we can go and we don't have credible sources anymore. We don't have any, you know, legit uh, organizations that we can rely on and say, hey, yes, this is a credible source because every bit of information is manipulated for someone else's own personal gain. So it's hard to, to, to believe anything unless you yourself were in the scene and in the mess yourself. And those are the stories that we're, we're seeing now. And we're starting to see other people come in and say, hey, no, this is what's happening. We know this person. This is what's actually going on. Social media doesn't want us to see that. Big media doesn't want us to see that. So we've got to continue to get this information that we can and still spread it out there in the best that we can. Yes, and it does have to be true. And that's another thing, too, I do want to touch on is right now the the whole thing is focused on race, right? It's a white cop killing a black man. And I get it, that's sad, but our focus is on the wrong thing. If you guys are going to come together, stop making it about race. Don't make it about black and white. Make it about the people against the elites. Because I see a lot of that being pushed and that's not going to do anything but cause division amongst the people after all the, the police, like let's say they succeed, right? The rioters do. And all the police places get taken down and blah, blah. So now there's no more. But everything else is pushing uh, the violence or whatever, the problem onto racism. 
that it's blacks against whites. So if they stay in that anger, or who's to say that that doesn't happen next after all this writing is over, then it becomes a race war after that. You know, we don't know. And that's more false information even thrown in there. It's so frustrating, really, is what it is. It is frustrating. Um, I saw a post uh, in one of my groups. It's a little bit more conspiracy theory based, but I like to see the extremes to how other people are thinking. That way I can see where their understanding is and see how far this goes. Some of the conspiracy is that this was an act. This was a play. This is, you know, the media and, you know, the government orchestrated all of this to happen and behind the scenes, you know, that they've been bought off and paid off. Then this is a different story to be painted. And I think that it's scary that something like this can still be taken and used for other person's gains. And they're manipulating the information now. And especially coming off of a bad event, like taking something so fresh and already trying to use it for themselves, trying to make it a conspiracy out of it. And I think it's unfair for it to go to that link. No, I, I hear a lot of it too. And I have heard that one as well. I don't have any opinion on that either way. I would be more leaning towards, I wouldn't believe that they pushed it this far. I really do think it is a circumstantial thing. I think it is a mix of being put under house arrest, basically, and the economy crashing and, you know, people worried about not knowing where their next check is going to come from or, you know, being fired or let go. A lot of people are in a place where they don't have any hope for the future. They have no idea what's going to happen to them or their family. And when something like this happens, they can make a stand, right? This is something they can take a hold of. This is somewhere they can put their anger. I think that's the only reason why it hasn't happened sooner is because just a lot of people, this was just the straw that broke the camel's back, basically. And so that's what we get is we get the riots and we get the emotions that people are feeling. And, and you see people fight for that. They're like, yes, we should riot because we are angry and they don't listen. Well, here's the thing. They don't listen because you guys haven't been saying anything. Like, wh what have we been saying? What, what push have we been making? None. We haven't been making any strides. We haven't been marching. We haven't been, you know what I mean? I, people were starting to, we were starting to see it all over the world. People were protesting. It wasn't here yet. Maybe in smaller groups and smaller sections, I'm not saying no one was doing it. I'm saying the population wasn't doing it. Now they are. Now they're stepping up and, and now they're protesting. You know, you chose not to stand before and write your senator, call your people or put together a march. No one's done that. You know, you waited until a huge thing happened to give yourself an opportunity to do it. When you've always had the opportunity, we could have been doing it this whole freaking time. Yeah, I mean, this whole scenario is kind of odd. You know, I, you said something when we first started here about there's a lot of depression going about. And I think everybody's kind of sort of feeling that. The pandemic kind of led up to that. But, you know, I think that's contributing to people that kind of going stir crazy. It's like old cabin fever, but, you know, it's not wintertime. There's a rising unemployment, so we're approaching that magic 25% threshold. And I think the riots, people were kind of itching for a reason, and this is a, this has been a long-standing reason, you know, systemic racism and oppression, the police police brutality. Uh, you know, there's lots of things. It's the manifestation of over overreach of the state is what a lot of people see that as. So I think there's a definite outcry, and like you said, it's not organized. With it being unorganized, it's it's just chaos. 
And I think you said it earlier too, in the sense of, you know, look, without some type of guiding principles or some type of goal that's actionable other than just burn down the town, because, you know, if you do that, yeah, I mean, in the sense of, you know, riots are riots, but uh, there should be a, a, a goal towards why people are so angry that they're going to take up pitchforks and torches. There has to be some type of, of organization to it. You can't just be chaotic about the whole thing. And you're right, I think there hasn't been a, a centralized leader uh, or organization that wants to take on that uh, that standing yet. And I honestly yeah. don't blame anyone. I thought about it earlier. I'm like, well, they were all kind of assassinated. So, like, I get it. I'm not, and, like, I would do it. If people would listen to me, and I try, like, I do my best. My views aren't everyone's views, but I accept that my views aren't everyone's views, and I accept everyone's views. And I'm not asking anyone to accept mine. I just, I, I see a lot of patterns, and sometimes they come together and sometimes they don't. That's all besides the point. I would step up. I would step up and start leading stuff even if I thought I was going to take a bullet to the back of the head. And I, that's really harsh to say. That's kind of morbid and macabre or whatever, but I think that's the way a lot of people see it, you know, and that's what we know of those leaders, right? I don't know. It's just, it seems to me right now that if things continue going, the, well, the, there are two ways that I see things happening. One, it'll start to die down. The officer will be arrested and charged, which he has been arrested and charged. But, you know, things will start to, to die down. Or this is going to rile a lot of people up and things are going to just completely burn. Like, we're just, do they have a plan afterwards? These, the people who are deciding to go and riot, I'm not talking about the protesters. I'm talking about the rioters, the ones who want to burn it down, the ones who want to take everything. What's the plan afterwards? Where do you guys see it going? I see it going in one or two ways. Beneficial to everybody, and we all rise together. We start slowing down to see. When I'm going to a meeting with a friend of mine tomorrow, and we're going to understand more about what's going on, what we can stand up for. Find out what meetings are going on. We can't eat an elephant in one day. This is going to be a continuous effort every day while we're alive. This is not going to be an overnight fix. This is going to be a, a five-year or 10-year fix. No, this is going to be a continued evolution. There's always going to be a battle. People need to understand that there's always going to be a fight for your existence to live the way that you want to live. And you're always going to have an opposing side who wants to live the way they want to live as well. This is the way of life. This is nature. And we have to remain non-dualistic about certain things and see the things as they are. And that's the best, the best way to do that is to get into the action and be unbiased as you can, get feedback from the people. And then if you're in a position to have a voice, then be the voice of the people that you're fighting for. Just don't go jump into it and assuming that you have a voice for the people. Be the voice of the people by interacting with the people that you're fighting for. Well said. We have Jay. What's up, dude? Oh, long day. Just got back from the yoga a little bit earlier than I thought. Just breaking through it a bit quicker now. So, feeling good. Good. And we have Whiskey Dick in. I can't say that without giggling. I'm such a little schoolgirl. What did you say? Whiskey Dick. Okay. He's on mute right you. now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> so, what's the five in the Whiskey Dick? Whiskey Dick five. You must have had five awesome experiences in that. <laughs> I can't imagine. No cool story for the five, actually. It's just the number I used to wear in school. Thank you for joining us. We were talking about basically just current affairs, just trying to figure out 
what people are thinking, what's going on in their heads. What are your guys' opinions on it? Whiskey, I can't wait to hear from you. I really, really can't. I just want to tell you guys I'm probably going to be the contrary for the most part. Although Tim seems to agree with me, but we'll see how it goes. We were talking mm -hmm. about recently, just now, the riots. To give you guys a quick update, my question is, well, mm -hmm. I, I do want to state this first. I am not against violence and I am not for violence. I'm more about for how people play the game. If I see that the game is being played sloppy, it makes me a little irritated and aggravated because I see it and I know it's not going to work. Whether that be writing or not writing, I have really no opinion on that. Well said, I agree with you. I'm on the same stance on that. Because we, right now, and just uh, I was telling Chris earlier, my biggest issue is that they're making this about race for the most part. And that's what it, it's boiling down to. And that's what people are seeing. And that's what they're quote unquote fighting for, what they think that they're fighting for. When in reality, what they're fighting for is oppression. They feel oppressed. And it is basically, call it the government, call it the elites, call it the media, call it whatever you want to, is force feeding us to make it about race. So after all of this is over and this cop gets locked up and all this other stuff, this stuff is going to fade away. Most of what we are doing is not really going to make a stand. It'll make a stand against something racist cops, but it's not going to make a stand against what is actually wrong with America. I guess we can go from there. I want to know your guys' point of view. Maybe I'm wrong, but if I am, please correct me. I want to be a devil's advocate on that. I understand where you're coming from, but these people are oppressed because we've force-fed this down their throat and this thinking, and when you're wrapped up into an environment, let's say here's an example. You live in a wilderness somewhere, and you become that environment. That's all you know. But then if you live in down in the projects and that's all you know, you're forced fed into this lifestyle, into this thinking. So let's say let's evolve ourselves into the drug trade. What's the connection with the cartel? What's what's China doing with the connection of all of this? There is a cog to everything that's going on. And right now, black people are being oppressed because this is the system that's been put in front of them. There are some good people out there who have risen up in the ranks to tell them that they aren't oppressed. And this is true. They have every ability to stand up for themselves and do the same. I mm. agree in a sense. I was raised in a black family and I was raised in the projects. Okay. I was raised in the Bay Area in the 80s in a very, very, very bad neighborhood. I moved when I was in my early teens to a country like a, you know, smaller Northern California. I faced racism, but from both sides. And I've seen how both sides have had to grow up, poor white and poor black. So I, I do get what oppression is. And I do see it. And, and I do. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying what they are doing is wrong. I'm saying what they are doing is for the wrong reasons. It is oppression. It's yes. not so much about. It's a lot like looking through the wrong lens. Because yes. with all this shit that's yes. happening now, you you have this scare with the pandemic even it's it's at the forefront of everything but they sort of needed a break to get everybody divided because once all this shit happens they can bring in the big guns and whatnot it's insane though because i i grew up in a in a minority situation too because i have more of a a semitic background uh middle eastern and it, and i grew up in a completely like catholic italian area so that was insane so dealing with that from that angle 
and then seeing that sort of like every culture has its stigma and has its racism. There's a lot of this black and white stuff. But when you see it everywhere, you see that the Mexicans don't like the Chinese, the Chinese don't like the Mexicans. And you've got all these different subdivisions. It's it's complete chaos that they want to manipulate. And you have this whole backdrop, which is this scare with the pandemic and everything else. And and they just get these remissions from the main narrative and then bam all this other stuff happens to kind of go oh yeah you see you guys you don't got your shit together yet so that's how i think about it absolutely i grew up in a a minority situation as well i grew up in a small hispanic community and i got to see that perspective as well and i would have to agree with you that it seems to be the same no matter where it is it's just the way it is yeah nobody likes each other because of the vast differentiations between the cultures the cultures are so different that like somebody sees somebody walking around with, with the, the burqa. Is that how you would call it for the females yeah. in the Muslim community walking around with the burqa? And there's all this negative stigma. Of course, nobody's talking shit now because they're covering their faces because, well, everybody else is covering theirs. And that's another thing, too, that, that people do have to realize. So, OK, we, we fight racism in America. Do you think Americans as a general, let's say we defeat it here and we are not racist against each other. We're going to still be racist against the Chinese. Or, well, that's the thing. You know, it's I mean, still the same. Japanese. Right. Right. Because exactly. they're, they, I mean, they're like they're going up against up in arms against the Chinese in New York. You know, they're they're blaming them and there's a lot of these beatings and riots going on just on that basis. But sorry, Tim. Go ahead. No, no, bro. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, worldwide, there's, you know, some type of your times. Um, I will say the more you travel and the more diverse experience you have, the less racist you will be. That's just a natural piece of evolution. But, you know, people tend to stay, in a certain region for all of their life are the most racist people you're going to find because they don't have much diversity of experience or lens to their, you know, to their understanding to be able to, to compare. Uh, all they know is outsiders, us and them type of a situation. That's like the, you know, the Chinese and the Uyghurs and the, if it's not ethnic in the Muslim community, there's the Sunni and the Shia, which are ethnic divides. So that it's all over the world. It's not only in the U.S. In the U.S., it's kind of a melting pot. I mean, we've tried to, in the past decades, we've become less of so. But it, it's, you know, there's cultures from all over the world. And the world is much more connected place these days. So I think that all of those tensions are right under the surface and always have been. And now that we're a lot more connected and able to, you know, that that's a lot more visible and a lot more tactile. It's unfortunate uh, because it's systemic pretty much everywhere and it's very hard to eradicate a default setting you know it's just like the food that you grew up with is kind of your default food setting and it's a lot like that in the sense of there are certain things you just will never like because you were born into it and you were raised that way you can be educated out of it and diversified out of it but it's that's you cultural programming yeah yeah that's the exception not the norm typically there are subcultures, though, that are far more integrative, because you know, I grew up around a lot of people interested in the in the mystical arts and and uh, things like yoga and whatnot. Martial arts, for example, brings a lot of them together, uh, spiritual type communities. I mean, if you're a hippie. So like there are a lot of different there are there is cultural diversity. Uh, definitely not in the masses, though. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that because I haven't traveled where really the shit in my life, but I do read a lot. And you know, I got exposed to a lot of stuff through my martial arts background and 
you know, working with people in different types of, I guess, modalities and whatnot? I mean, I, I don't think racism is a default setting for everybody. I was taught to be not uh, from a very young age. So you know, I was raised in a uh, the environment I was in now, I will say. I grew up in a rural coal mining town in Kentucky, in western Kentucky, that was there was either coal or agriculture, and that's all there was. Very poor town. I mean, I was, I grew up middle class, but, you know, it was just one of those deals of the environment I was in was pretty racist. I mean, if there was my high school, of course, I had a graduating class of 80 people, and there was one black person in the entire school. Not just the, not just my graduating class. So I grew up in a very you know, undiverse place, but was raised to not be uh, racist. The most yeah, diverse I people I meet are witches and Satanists, to be honest. I'm not talking about yeah. the elitist, typical, stigmatized kind that you get in a lot of the conspiratorial information. But I mean, like the true Satanist, the one that the ones that are integrating knowledge, you know, on the wide scale. True Satanism is actually a lovely uh, stance because they integrate love more so than actual Christianity, Christianity does, which is ironic. Definitely. Next time we do a group chat, I actually know someone who was part of the original Church of Satan and actually knows like the original guy or whatever. So, Antonio. yeah. Yes, yes. And then Aquinas took over, right? But he was more like affiliated through... Well, so was Levi, but he was affiliated to the military original, originally. I think it's Aquinas. I don't know if he passed it down now, but. I am, I am not sure. Um, we didn't Thomas really get into it that much. Yeah. We just touched yeah. on it last time he was on. Uh, but yeah, so if you guys want to do one of those, we'll get into a, a religion episode and we'll talk about that. That would be pretty nifty. So I have a question. Do you think, or any of you think, that we are actually would be able to, I don't want to say defeat, I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm just going to use it, defeat racism in our lifetime without some form of hive mind communication or something like that, just because we are still so tribal? I'd, I'd think so. Um, I can wait for somebody else to do I was going to say that, you know, as a natural evolution not any time in the near future i wouldn't think we tend to think in terms of us and them we tend to think in terms of those people and, and my people and it is tribal intellectually we we can all kind of rationalize that racism racism is bad but you know at the same time we can say that in one breath and be pretty well aligned against another subculture you know so it's 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 more insidious than people think and i think Technology will play a role in this to touch on your neural link and stuff. And once people start, uh, even virtual reality, yeah. Yeah. Once people start accessing the cloud with their mind and there's a communal think and a cloud based connectivity, um, and a lot of the actual hybridized thought starts to, to, uh, work its way through with AI control. You know, I, I believe that that's where you're going to see the elimination of a lot of those plagues of humanity. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people say, well, that, you know, that defeats free will. And well, maybe, but, you know, it, it's also a, a, a bad instinctual trait that we have that causes war and famine and disease and all those other things. Entertainment industry. Well, think about it this way. Do you what know I, how boring our lives would be if everybody was the same? If everybody well, was just a good I don't, person? I don't really you know? think you'd have to do that, though, to be honest. I mean, what my take on that really is, 
the issue is you do not have integrated understanding or symbolic literacy. If human beings were taught in schools how to possess symbolic literacy, understand the motifs of various cultures, I'm not talking about from the perspective or underneath the, the umbrella of a nationalistic agenda, which is the real issue, is because everybody is brought up from the perspective that where they started is superior to everything else as a reference point. Absolutely. And, uh, so what I'm suggesting oh, is in educational um, means, if they were to teach people, for example, that a rose means a different thing to us here than it does in India. A cow means a different thing in India than it does us. I mean, it's just friggin' ice cream, eggs, and, yeah. and hamburgers here. But like in India, it's a holy thing. It's a sacred thing, you know, because it represents fertility and those types of concepts. So if the problem is, is that they don't want us to come together. So the entire educational fulcrum of the system is completely limited to the idea of of tunnel vision. We do not have any integrated concept. Like iconography used to be a thing in the past. They used to teach people how to interpret symbols that used to be a really unique subject. You know, they would draw like all these figurines and stuff. And that's part of the reason why when all this Illuminati study stuff got like through the charts, everybody started coming forth because they started noticing that these symbols and stuff that were prevalent in these older cultures and in the initiated uh, rites and, and so forth, we're coming forth into modern society. And a lot of people weren't recognizing this. So I think if you have symbolic literacy, you can break out of it. And the last thing I'll say on that to try to sum it all up is if you look in the pagan communities, if you look in anything tribal that you that utilizes, even like with Satanism and that kind of a thing, because it's not really a religion at all. That is not how they perceive it. They view it as selfhood, totally different concept than religion. Religion is like relying on another system. Virtual reality, even though it's artificial, and those types of systems do not have that shit in the prominence unless you have a bunch of griefers coming in. Go into the virtual reality areas and you will see that people are, are a lot more integrated with one another because they like that shit. They like talking to somebody all the way in back in Pakistan as, while they're sitting, you know, sipping a martini in Ohio or wherever, you know. I, and I agree, but I am also too, I am one of the, say, virtual reality or Neuralink. I've always kind of thought that when I was thinking Neuralink is going to come regardless, unless we destroy ourselves, <laughs> you know, which also could happen. Collective consciousness, it's, there is a thing. When the internet was very first up and running, wasn't there, and Tim, you might know a little bit more about this, but I swear to God, I remember reading an article or something about an AI that was, could easily predict technically the future like where people's mind was going to go like months in advance. And I can't, I want to say that the yes, so it's its own different Akashic record, basically. Okay, so it's a simulated Akashic record, but using technology. Exactly. One of the stories that I like to bring up just as an example for that is like patents. If you go to the patent office and look at a bunch of different ones, you'll see that uh, quite a few times there are people who will invent basically the exact same thing at the exact same time and not know anything about each other. Like a few people at once. It's like this information kind of like drops at once. Even if it wasn't already free floating and already there, that's all besides the point. Humans in general have a collective consciousness and we're extremely predictable in our yeah, we're patterns. patternistic and predictable. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all basically the same thing. Like our thoughts are going to vary here and there and we are different people. Yes. But as far as a bottom line goes, there is a bottom line. 
there's a bottom line. There's a thought that we all think or a way that we all feel. And with Neuralink or some sort of connection, I, don't, I honestly just, just don't think that racism and stuff like that, like those tribal things are going to be broken until something like that is introduced. Well, metaphor isn't taught anymore. Similarities between diverse systems are not, in, it's not influenced in the education system. So if you look at something that seems like it isn't another thing, it's assumed to not be that thing. And that sounds really duh, but that's just the way people are operating at the present reference point because they see something that seems so insanely different, but it might only pertain to temperature in their culture, you know, like with the burqa, you know, I mean, like, or, or different clothing, different types of religious things are totally, are pretty much the same type of an observance. And yet it's completely alien. So that's the inability to, to have integration with symbolic literacy. Yeah, I think you're right, Jay. I mean, in the sense of, you, know, you mentioned it earlier, it's a lot of it is the way people are taught. You know, people don't, can't understand another culture because they don't have the language or the symbolic subset to understand it. And foreign things are unfamiliar and therefore untrusted. And those feelings conjure up your your base premise thoughts that you were talking about earlier. And people have built-in assumptions about things. But I, I, what I was leading to is, is um, and I think you mentioned it on another post earlier in the week, Jay, about mm. it seems like Alexandria all over again. You know, the loss of oh, yeah. loss of knowledge. You know, either we're sl slipping into a new dark age or we're on the verge of an enlightenment. One of the two. <laughs> Which one Absolutely. is it? Yeah. It's, it's total information supersaturation. You can't talk about a subject now without everybody going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's old. We, we know about that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that anybody has necessarily realized specific things within the framework of those subjects. That's why you can't bring up the, the, the false flag type events or, those, or, or people that think that those happen to be false flag events because this is a rerun. Everything's a rerun and they, they bat it to death in the media um all these types of subjects so by the time you want to talk about something it's buried just uh letting you guys know i got my amber alert now about the curfew in portland tonight so uh that's pretty interesting you know i've been sitting back and i guess i'll give you my take if you've friends with me on facebook you know exactly how i feel i'm pretty sure i'm having a hard time with the people that don't understand why that there is violent protesting going on right now and the reason i say that is because, I mean, what, what do you expect to happen after so many examples of nonviolent protests just being ignored or being vilified by people in the media, by people you know? You know, I, I personally had plenty of arguments with people about Kaepernick when he quite literally was silently protesting something that we have so much pride in for whatever reason, a song. And it's supposed to represent us as a nation. And he literally is saying, hey, our nation is broken right now because these people keep getting targeted and killed. And that even upset people. And they were more upset by that than death, someone dying. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person that's, I truly believe in people's rights and I want people to, to have their rights. And I'm naturally not trusting of law enforcement. I don't believe they have your best interests at heart. I think they are just an arm of, executive mob to, to keep not necessarily just black people but socioeconomically unfortunate people to, to keep yeah. them down 
you know, that's why they're in the communities they're in. That's why they don't police the communities they don't police. It's because they have an agenda and they're going to follow that agenda through. You can either just turn a blind eye to that and just accept it, or you can get out and do something. Do I agree that, you know, breaking into small businesses and looting and all that stuff? No, I don't. But I also know that no real tangible change has ever happened in this country or really in the history of the world without some kind of revolt. And revolt is not often nonviolent. You have to upset people to get them out of the status quo. You have to get the people that are comfortable living in their privilege or comfortable living in the society to become uncomfortable before it can change for everyone. Absolutely. I do want to say real fast, though. Yes, no peace has really made long-term change. But can I say also no war has made then no long-term change? Uh, only because we are in a, it's it's a cycle, right? And it does happen constantly. We are still under the Roman Empire. So if you think there was ever a change with any sort of violent revolution, you'd be wrong. We're still following the same thing. Do you know why? Well, There's I, I been. Argue, I would actually argue that the French Revolution was uh, pretty successful in creating a democracy and moving the monarchy out of France. Well, yeah, I, I will give you that. The, the, we were actually talking before you got on a little bit. We touched a little bit on the French Revolution a tiny bit and compared it to the American Revolution, which I said was not even a revolution. The elites had control of that. Call it what you will. I would just say the elites call it democracy the whole time yeah. on that one. But OK, with the French Revolution, I mean, that was like you have to get brutal. And then another thing that people don't think of after that is then what happens afterwards, you're going to get hit with a wave of disease and starvation. You know, you don't just lose people through war. And that was organized. That was an organized revolution. I am not, I'll say it again, I'm not against violence. I'm not for mm-hmm. violence. Like if there is a need to have violence, have violence. I'll throw fists. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be right on the front line with you if you have a game plan. Because right now, no one has a game plan, so they're going to fall under the exact same thing that happened with the L.A. riots. You're going to get a small change and then nothing else. We're just going to go back to being the exact same way that we are. There's going to be no change. That's what I'm against. I'm well, not the against the power riot. structure is, is completely hinged from, from back in the Roman era anyway, if you think about England's root anyway. They're like, I mean, look at them. They have a hierarchy that forms an affinity with that. The Unabomber said at one time, right, that even if we did have a revolution, the revolution is pushing in a way that it was going to go anyway. That's what this is. It's an unorganized revolution. It's people who who are fed up and they want to fight and they want their rights. They want to stand up for themselves. But and they sloppy, think that, yeah. yes, and they think that this is the way to do it. Well, now you're just going to play into their hands. We're going to end up with some sort of martial law for a little bit. It's going to roll down. It's going to die down. You're going to get paid your stimulus. I mean, that's how it's going to end up at the end. And then it was all for basically not for nothing. A cop got locked up and you're going to stop police brutality for a few years before it picks back up again. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to have a revolution, have a revolution. What's going on right now is not a revolution. No, it's not. I, You know, and it, there's just so many aspects that are wrong with society and wrong with the systems of government. And, you know, things have been really entrenched from where we started and you know the concepts that we did found the nation on i didn't agree the american revolution was was uh was crafted quite well there was a whole lot of protest and objection and there's decades of history that a lot of people you know you hear about 1776 and there's a constitution and there's a declaration but you don't read a lot about the lead up to it and all that went into it 
but it was definitely crafted by some very smart people. It was mainly all of the, the colonies' governments cooperated with each other that decided, it's like, you know what? I, I think we need to not be in a British rule, ultimately. Uh, they they wanted to be in charge of their own destinies, and that meant their own taxes and their own uh, governance, and etc. So it was still a government separating from a government, is, is basically what that was. And it was very calculated and you know, put together. So, yeah, no, it's not just a, a thrown-together riot that, <laughs> that happened. I think that that's where we're at now, is there's an awful lot of anger. And it's misdirected or it's going in all directions at once, and, you know, there's no yes. there's no real focus. So until there is a focus and there are specific things that we want to address and change, those won't change. It always so shifts between the... Uh the contrast between the middle class or the poor and the elites you have that uh, we're the we're the four percent or whatever you know or we're the one percent that kind of thing but then you jump to the playing the race card and they always jump back and forth that's where i am at and people are like they get mad at me because i'm mad that i'm saying stop playing the race card i'm not saying that racism is not bad racism is bad but when they are using racism, that isn't a that's a divisional tactic. Stop. Right. It becomes not, a form of ableism, is what you're saying. Absolutely. If you really think about, it, nobody uses that word. Most people that I meet don't aren't even familiar with the term. I mean, I wasn't until a year ago. But it's true. They take these words, they they beat us in the face with them, twenty four seven, and then everybody jumps on their teams. I mean, even when you protest, you're you're falling into a box, a pocket that they're controlling. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's why you guys like they have to stop. Like, don't make it about race. Make it about the people against their oppressors, whoever that may be. Just leave it at that. Fight against your oppressors because there's so much more that you have to stand up for, right? especially right now, than besides race. Okay? Like, you stand up for it now. Burn the cities down. Do that. Do whatever. Let your anger fade away. Things will go back to however they were, and the economy is going to continue to crash. We're going to be facing the depression, you know, just as we were before. COVID's probably gone because God knows if that's real or not. I mean, I don't know. Either way it goes, these people are going to be facing, do they know how to garden? Have they done that? Like, you're Three or four guys should have grabbed that umbrella dude and just took that mask off, man. He just had a hammer. That's it. If they grabbed him and they took that off, they could have at least said, okay, now we can corroborate. But instead, we're running around looking at 20% information, you know, to try to validate something. And, and, And it seems like we have information, but we don't have a case. Because it's like when, when we when we get put in a situation, we, we, we approach it poorly. I'm not saying from the perspective of getting the beat down. I'm saying identify the sons of bitches that are doing that. I didn't really like I did. I didn't watch the whole video. I didn't like see him hit the window or anything like that. I don't know if you read him. We yeah. actually talked about him earlier. Yeah, I just saw the part where that little kid tried to fight, fight him and call him a cop or whatever. I don't even know how that kid. Oh, the dread was, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, something like, about blunt. <laughs> yeah, hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, my blanket. I mean, and that's gonna be a meme, right? And then they're gonna like roll of into that. So I'm saying, like, people have a right to be angry. They're gonna spin that anger though on the wrong place. They're gonna use it, and then when it's actually time to fight and stand, everything's spent. And you know what I mean? It's just a way to wear us down. Mm. It's exactly what they're doing. It's exactly what's happening. And so organize people like just freaking organize i'm not saying go out and get yourself a leader i'm saying there are definitely people who need to like not be afraid to take a bullet to the back of the head and stand up and speak 
Well, those um, guys do that type of shit all the time. Like those we events. Need organization. Where is Anonymous at? Where's Anonymous? Oh, well, Anonymous, yeah. if you're listening, listen now. Now is the time to get these people organized, to get a speaker out, get someone afraid not to take the podium and start leading us towards the right steps because we are totally broken right now. The economy going, there's so much positive changes that we can make in this moment. And you guys have the, you have the capital scared, but go ahead, little Hunger Games, like make your move. But I mean, they had a game plan, did they not? Katniss Everdeen didn't run and they're all willy nilly just burning shit up. Yeah, I would like to see how that went. Set it on fire, but if you're going to do it, have a plan. Exactly. Well, it, it, it's, you know, you can just demand change, okay? But what are we going to change to? Exactly. And that's, yeah, you got to have some type of concept of, of uh, you know, a better model. Else it's just, you know, change for the sake of change is basically, let's do the same thing a different way. Absolutely. Even if you Absolutely. remove governance, you become the governance. I mean, it, how many people that say remove the government want to be any part of it? So they're going to say, no, I don't. I mean, I don't really want to be a part of that. So that's who do you think is going to apply for the fucking job? I mean, the, yes. look at look at the statistics, for example, of the types of sociopaths that that come into position, positions of power because they they want that type of a position in power. They're going to be a sociopath in nine times Absolutely. out of ten because that's the type of person that wants to control things. So a little bit more. I guess hands on when it comes to this Absolutely. shit. Absolutely, and that's why, and that's yeah. why I see them. I want to ask you an interesting question. How do you think this reaction would have had would have been had it been a white man underneath white cop? Do you think honestly we would have had the same reaction? Yes, and I want to hear your thoughts on that. I think. It, you know what? I honestly don't know. Like it really could happen with how people are feeling right now with what's going on with everything else. It it could most, the probability is low though. I don't, especially with the cops or whatever, or ex cop, or maybe not even that, but the one that got caught shooting the kid the other kid, like it wasn't even that long ago. It was a few months ago. They just had one. Like there's, you know, they're close together. And my opinion is, could it have? Yes, but a very, very small probability. With that being said, then I think it is important for us to, as you say, unify and us to distinguish, as you said, not race and distinguish what right and wrong actually is. And that's it. Right and wrong. Plain as day. Yeah. There's no gray line, no gray area. This was right. This was wrong. If this was a white man doing that to a white man, okay, let's take action. If it was a Chinese cop and a Chinese civilian, wait, wait, same action wait. needs to be happened. This needs to be a, a just. I got to stop you. I got to yeah, stop you. Samuel there. Jackson needs to be a corrupt cop. Right, but when you're throwing too many colors out there, anyway, why does it have to be if it's a white man? It's a man and a man. A man killed another man. Yeah, it's playing into the black and white schema. That's the box. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, humanity is humanity in that sense, you know. So I could tell you this. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Yeah. I was just going to say, I could tell you this right now. Whatever color that man was lying on the ground, I don't know who was videotaping it. I don't know who those other people were standing around, but had it been me, being a, like threatened to be pepper sprayed or tasered or not guaranteed i'm running after that fucking cop and i'm little i would definitely carry, carry a stick and wear sunglasses people holy shit that wouldn't be yeah like do i that. don't care like you know i would there's no way that in my heart yes. i would let that happen 
but but that plays into the cultural motif. You can't walk around with a cane in our culture without being seen as an old person or a disabled person. That's the whole thing. It doesn't occur to people that wow, we could be armed completely in a legal sense. But and, you know, it's not like everybody needs to pull guns or anything. But if you got a stick, they're not going to fuck with you. They know that they're not going to get organized. So where do you see it going? Well, I think you know there's a combination of things. I mean, we still have the pandemic, and we still have an economic recession. Definitely probably a depression looming and now we've got some riots thrown in just for good measure i guess uh but it, <laughs> it's i don't know you know in the sense of i think um we tend to be going from one crisis to the next and there is a general sense that that the world is not right and until we come up with some type of like you said some type of organization and we can put a voice to what it is we're so displeased with and what we want to change too it'll continue we need counter organization because they're organized there's no doubt well you know and i think that what we might wind up with is a more oppressive system if we don't oh yeah. yes I, that's what are they totally passing in the, in the leeway of all this too is is what we need to ask because it's it's like it's all playing part of a of a greater agenda and that's where it, it does start to sound conspiratorial but Look at who profits from these types of events when they're passing all these types of laws, when more and more liberties are being, you know, put in place so that freedom can be stripped. You know, I think we can all articulate a lot of these problems. We just don't have a good idea or a good concept of how to go about, like Chris mentioned earlier, to how to how do we eat this elephant, and you know, how do we make these changes? We all have some concepts of, of some of the changes we want to see but we haven't been too successful in leading any effort to make a change. With saboteurs and provocateurs at every corner, but it seems like biometrics is going to be the way that they come in and give the problem action solution Hegelian dialectic deal. They're going to come in with the heavy biometrics and be like, yeah, we can, we can fix this problem. Well, they are getting ready for all of that. Go ahead, Whiskey. I just want to pose a question to you guys. I mean, this is something that I think about a lot. The generation, the boomers, right, are are pretty much going to be obsolete here in about 20 years. And I think you can draw a direct line to that group of people being raised in this hyper-nationalist scenario where, hey, we just won World War, we're the greatest country ever, we have this economic boom, then, you know, you have the Cold War and all this. And if you look at the statistics between that generation and every generation after it, it's striking. People are far less religious, people are more open to diversity. So I wonder, just in and of itself, just these people dying will change the course of our culture. I believe so. Yes. I do too, mm -hmm. because I think that's why our problem is the term limits. Just for an example, we've had these people in, in place for so long. So I would agree with you. Yeah, and that happens every so every years. You know, that's, that's what happens as a kind of turn of some sort of civilization a new way of thinking because yes the old generation dies out again that's I, boxing the entire age group you know as if that it's conductive just on that basis when there's going to be a ton of people that fall into that generation that aren't going to be anything like the way they're being described statistics do not do justice for truth in most cases it, it's an easy way to skew facts you, you you can't generalize the fact because not everybody participates in them and not everybody has that mentality just because they were you know raised in a specific time period i mean that's pretty heavy to do that absolutely but if you think about it 
the the proof is in the policies and the proof is in the ones that get in yeah 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 but that's the sociopathic filter i was talking about like the people that get into power positions are already vying for power in the first place so whether you call them according to this specific age group or whatnot they're still going to have that sociopathic tendency to want to control yeah. and to be brutal true but their conditions will will be different like for for example my, i'm the first generation that grew up without i i guess in, in my teenage years is when the internet really like blew up into what it is and all the data started being shared and whatnot so i'm kind of always used to this immediate accountability and this flood of information that's always there so you know let's say i run for office and i'm a sociopath i know that i have to be more intelligent and i can't do overtly mm -hmm. crazy things because i understand that there is this sort of accountability and albeit it might be you know on surface level but there's certain rules that have to be played now that there weren't before and i think honestly I might catch flag for this but i think this presidency is a result of those people's last hurrah thinking this is the last time we're going to be able to vote for someone that makes me feel like i used to i can, I can kind of see that i think that you know I, I still believe trump was more of about more about not hillary than it was pro-trump <laughs> uh you know we boiled out you know two bad choices and i, I can tell you right now i i i didn't vote for either so um i'd have to agree well, with neither you did i yeah neither did i i mean i i'm you know kind of a i'm an independent first off but i lean libertarian on a lot of things but you know i haven't voted for either party for a while because i don't believe the two-party system is doing us any justice it needs to be dismantled you know, you know to, I agree. we can we can fix a, address the primary systems or the primary election systems in every state is why we keep getting bad candidates and the two-party system has control of the primary elections predominantly so that's why but you know i think that um going back to the point of the generational gap and the people in power if we were to have all members of congress under the age of 40 you know <laughs> at the moment it would be a different world i i believe they're mostly 60 plus, I think, you know, except for a couple of exceptions, but you know, even in the 70s, 80s, and on upwards into the 90s, really, the people that are in power are so far out of touch with modern reality, it's, it's, it's astonishing. I want to bring up something that I think ties in a lot of uh, issues that we have in this country in particular, is our war on drugs. Uh, the complete and total efforts that we have going against it, the amount of financial grief that we have going into stopping this particular war and it has ravaged everybody from poor to rich it controls the global economy as a whole also and then we also got to take into consideration the people that we do have in power you know the, the left and the right this parties don't matter people think that your vote matters we could all collectively vote and things would still not change until you again we've already specified today organized and one voice to actually change it and force these people to change it say this is what we want but you know people are just going to voting booths voting for who they think is best because this is what the only choice that they have this country was bought out so long time ago it's going to take a lot more effort than just voting 
to change this. You could vote for the people that you're representing in your backyard. It's still not going to change anything. Be a voice to your representatives and keep pushing it. Otherwise, you continue the cycle over and over again. Right. It's up to every generation to hold their representatives accountable. If not, you can lose the entire thing in one generation very easily. And I think that's one of the major differences of now versus earlier. Uh, people uh, seem to be a bit more civic-minded in a sense of understanding what they could do and what their power was and how to hold people to account and how to do those things. Whereas nowadays, if you walk up to somebody on the street and ask them, what the three branches of government are, or what are the branches of government. They probably might, might not even know there are three. So civics education has really fallen far. Uh, and that is also a form of control. If you have a, a, a dumbed-down electric that doesn't know how to to hold you accountable, it's easy to be unaccountable. Our school systems are developed into, uh, into the system that is for a reason, and no one's fighting the school system and the school structure either. This is the huge, this is the biggest problem of it all because we, if we decide to choose our child to go to a public school, we are allowing our children to be molded by whatever standard that our country or our state decides is necessary. Well, if you go into parts of the South or in Texas, for example, I was in one of the crappier schools in the nation because of the, the people that were around. It was a demographic issue. So then we have a lowered standard on the local area, and then this is perpetuated through generation and generation, and everyone is blissfully ignorant to the circumstances that they were born and raised in. Right, which creates the whole environment of people that are unable to hold their elected representatives to account because they don't know how. I've often, well, I said just earlier on a post that, earlier this week that you know it seems to be that something that's needed is a whole lot of community organizing that works with people on just that, on helping them hold their elected representatives to account and how government works. That oh. is a great idea. A lot of people, they don't think about the future. Um, people don't like to think about the future. So if, you can lead a horse to water, right? You can shout from the rooftops uh, that we have these people and we have these people to help, but people don't like change and people don't like learning. They like to stay in the present, but there's nothing constantly reminding them of what's going to happen or cer certain doom or whatever. We need also a campaign or something to get them thinking ahead, to get them out of how they're thinking now. Because without changing their thought patterns, we can throw out all the information that we want, and these people are never going to listen. That's a good idea. I never actually thought about using campaigns as a way to bring awareness. I think that's a lost act, so I'm glad that you made mention to that. I was just thinking I'm going to start one called And Then What Campaign, because that's the question I find myself asking these people all the time, like, yes, go riot, and then what? You know? Yeah, how do you keep the ball rolling? down, and then what? Yeah. How do you get from a snowball to uh, to the massive boulder? Yes. And then have those communities that are already 
there that say, this is how you change it, you know, or have other systems and ideas thrown out. Like I was talking to Tim earlier, have just even those ideas, like running a new social media platform on blockchain, giving it back to the people. We could do that. It's really easy to do. If a bunch of us just got together and, and started it, the people would come as they, you know, as it gains momentum and whatnot. There are plenty of changes that we can make right now that the people can make right now to have a better outcome in all of this while they have the power. Uh, but if, if we continue going how we are right now, we can put all the political information out that we want. They're going to burn down these stores. They're going to take their TVs. They're going to get their anger out and then they're going to sit back at home and they're going to continue doing the same thing that they're doing because the brain doesn't like change. I think it boils down to the human race doesn't have any goals at the moment. It doesn't. It only has nationalistic. I'm can sorry, we? No. Yeah. No. That, uh, we're so used to being taken care of. That's it. Period. But even in the process of that, everything boils down to pure consumerism. So let's say that you have a focus on agriculture and going back to that, you could still easily degenerate under the same problems that people had before the unions. If you don't move forward with a totally different concept or, a, I don't know, I guess you could call it an integrated goal. And people are yeah. afraid of that because you only, history only teaches us about the uh, about the Hitlers or the, uh, yes. the the revolutionaries that go psycho, and and that's probably pretty convenient for them. But if the human race doesn't have a goal for itself, then everything is just going to be about who can get the best toys, who can be the best fed, provide um, the best yeah. lifestyle, and we become a bunch of sniveling brats that way. Have you read the manifesto, the Unabomber's manifesto? I, I haven't. I haven't had as much of a. I mean, I am going to shoot you probably, a link to the audiobook for that and you could just listen to it it's i think yeah, like an hour and a half you have got to listen y to that you're manifesto. saying he was he was employed by what he was cia nsa no 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 i no no totally not um i mean the fbi did fuck with him for a little bit but or whoever no he talks well, about basically like how talks about all of this like being a revolutionary how it's not actual a revolution because if you do it then it you're doing it because they want you to do it what you're breaking down and building up in its path is already going to be there it, you're right. following the thought process is a virus it, it's basically exactly. a meme planted in the psyche um, yes so that it, everybody is basically like, being directed to move the way somebody yeah. else wants to move Yes. And then so you either have to completely burn it all down, like completely take it all down, or whatever you do is going to just continue the path of which it's naturally going anyway. I'm going to shoot you the link. I'll even drop it so that other listeners can listen to it if they want. And it's very, very interesting. I think that's a lot of the reason why people are leaning but towards nihilism. Like the like Shiva, that. the destroyer image is pretty prominent in a lot of the uh, elite circles now, because I think that's what their line of thinking is too. Yeah, and he was also going over the goal thing as well, that humans have to have a goal. And, and we don't. Most people don't have a goal in life, so they substitute that. Uh, I, you guys, yeah, I'll shoot it. Well, they wanted to signed by the nation. Yeah. Whoever. Yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier that, look, you know, we're already kind of run by a bunch of sociopaths, and, and they, they do have their goals in mind. <laughs> And it's to kind of keep the status quo, whereas generally, no, people are just kind of, you know, 
going along because that's the way the system is and we were all kind of born to it and it's just you know we don't really think outside of that box very very often sometimes it's hard to see out of the box when you're in the box right and i, I think that's part of the syndrome you know but, but uh yeah ever so often you do get visionary people i think advancing humanity to at least a type one civilization would, would be a goal it, 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 that's my goal thought, you know i've often thought that there's a lot of people that are the globalists are ruining things and it's like well the nationalists aren't doing a great job of it either you know no. <laughs> so i mean i wish it, eugenics wasn't tied in with every freaking aspect of these right. high lofty goals because you know once you jump into the transhuman post-human view we are already obsolete we are already extinct so when you well, view it that way if you look at the raymond kurtzweils and all these type of people you have an elitist form of thinking so you want to take it into technology but i don't think i want to have taken to the point where all of a sudden they decide, you know, who gets to live and die. You know, what happens to the disabled if, if a normal person like you or me can get ultra, you know, cybernetic hearing? Uh, I don't know. They might not really want those people to, to take up space in the society. I don't think they're going to be fixing them. I think they're going to be eliminating them. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, it could be a pretty dystopian type of future if you carry those to their right evolutions. But I think that there's some fairly simple things. I mean, Humanity is is in and of itself one thing. We have different expressions of being human, and we don't speak each other's language or understand each other's symbols. Is back to an early part of the, the discussion here. But um, it, as a global population, you know, I think that we have an awful lot in common, more so than not. So there are things that are just basic. That you know, I think that almost everybody can agree that we should be doing as a species uh, and as a planet, but not in such a divisive way. Not Rick and Morty at all. Yeah. There's an episode that talks about unity. Rick and his with his uh, intelligence, you know, he creates a lot of different methods of control and power has a girlfriend named Unity. Unity basically enslaves the entire population of this race. They were all one mind. So it's kind of similar in the hive mind. But as Tim mentioned, you start losing your individuality out of that concept. So there's a pro and con to it as well. We're all each individual and we all want to do what we want. Any system in play, there's still going to be people out there who want to manipulate and do the best things for themselves because this life can get mundane and boring. You know, you want to create some chaos in your life and see what happens out of that. And it's, it, people want so much control over everything. They don't know how to let, let things just evolve and be the way it is. I think you can have an individualistic hive, to be honest, but the models that they're going to show us in entertainment is basically just going to be, oh yeah, you guys shouldn't come together because if you do, you're going to turn out like that. So it's a lot easier to see in entertainment, oh shit, this isn't going to work out well, because that's part of the propaganda tool. You know, I'm not saying that the guy that writes the story, Rick and Morty, is working for the Illuminati or anything like that, but I'm saying that these shows that we watch are tainted with that message of don't unify, don't come together, don't do these types of things, because it's going to turn out like that. And and that's part of the programming. Uh, they do both. 
Uh, they, they, so we, we have these dystopian hero stories all over the place. Like I mentioned before earlier, you have the Hunger Games, right? And you have Harry Potter defeating the Dark Lord. And we have our stories that the, we come together and unite and defeat evil as well. We do need those. And I do want to also touch on the whole unity thing and hive mind thing, because in a way, we already do that. I know people are so scared of losing their individuality, but isn't that what we do on Instagram and Facebook? Everybody's turning into everybody else. You know, you only have like so many different personality types. I don't think it's so much about losing individuality. I think what more people are afraid of and what it boils down into is that it's, it's evolving into something else. And it's less biological and more mechanical. And then people then fear that that is not human. We're so attached to these meat suits, and yet we don't understand what consciousness is. Well, we yet. are machines. We are definitely exactly. Mechanical. In a way, we are. We exactly. We are machines, yes. right? But who we wants are. to learn about their nervous system? You know what I mean? Who's going to raise their hand for that? So, but if there were a way then to transfer consciousness, is technology then not evolution? Because then I think it that it is evolution. It is. If it, we think too simple-minded, I think, on what evolution is. We are unable to comprehend, you know, technology in a way. It is still bio. It's still part of the universe. It's still part of the system. It's still part of the stars. It's still atoms condensed. Just because something doesn't have flesh and bones doesn't mean that it's not a thriving entity. You know, these things are evolving. We are evolving ourselves to get to this point. Out of our own hands, we have made cities that look like circuit boards when you look at it from a from a bird's eye view everything is connected into one giant machine and people are unable to look at the big picture of that our technology is a form of our own evolution i think it's just a, a natural progression the question is is will we make ourselves extinct or <laughs> destroy ourselves with it along the way hopefully not you know uh, i think it's going to take some collective effort and will to not do that well here's my issue with it okay and you guys are talking about how we could boost our capacities using the technology so wrong with this for a minute if we don't understand how our normal sensory capacities work how do we have any concept of knowing our limits when we boost them i guess that's what i'm trying to say is that there isn't any work into the standard sensory that's all taken for granted that's not developed as actual faculties actual cognitive capabilities so right so once we get these once we get these enhancements it's basically just going to be the game of get more get more get more get more and then it turns into a that's where it turns into the destructive aspect because we don't even understand our sensory capacities as they stand so we want to boost them and we don't even understand how ours work i think you have to have an integrated framework. You have to have an understanding of your biology, your nervous system, your consciousness. That's what this, the spiritual link really is before you start adding these other things because these are going to create sensory acuity issues uh, that nobody has ever seen before. I definitely agree. I mean, I, and it, you're, you're right. I think we, you know, we're very far out of touch with our spiritual aspect and our, our deeper aspects of ourselves in the sense of things you know, a, a form of condensed energy. Well, everything is connected. If you want to think of it, you know, individuality is just a point of view. It's the universe taking a specific point of view and expressing physical reality 
when taking a specific point of view. So if the universe experiences itself from billions of points of view here on our planet from that perspective. I think morality and uh, empathy has to become apparent. It's not a teaching. It's not a, it's not a written book. And at this point, the concept of ethic or morality is a taught subject and it has to be realized. And without that, you don't have limits, with these types of things. And it will always lead to the, the parasitic instead of the symbiotic role. Well, I agree. I mean, I think that there are ethics when it comes to what we understand as living beings. And then there's balance when, it, when you talk about the universe itself. There are many things that the universe does to balance that we wouldn't think as ethical or holding any moral standpoint. So I think that there's a distinction between balance and our understanding of ethics and morals. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at everything from a universal point of view, our sun can just decide one day to obliterate us from existence. And all that we are and all that we've ever did really didn't matter in the first place. From a moral standpoint, we could argue, yes, it does matter because you can make things and turn it into something, make it into a meaning. We can argue about what we think we know, but at the end of the day, it's all a funny cosmic joke. I do want to bring it back around to, though, some of the things that we can do now. I mean, because we're in a dire situation. And yes, Neuralink is coming and, and we do really have to worry about biometrics. And yes, we are part of the universe. A lot of people are not going to be able to understand that. A lot of people cannot grasp. And I think we've touched on this or a few of us have talked about it earlier, existential thoughts. They just can't. Their brain does not work that way. They're unable to. What can we do right now? Some things that we can do to probably help lead some people in positive directions, the rioters, the people who are upset, the people who really don't know, like their thinking is at the wrong direction. That's what I would like to come away from kind of today. And maybe that's just me because I have to have some plan for something and my life is so chaotic right now. That would help. Having like a little goal that says, okay, let's shoot for this, guys. What personally can we do right now or after you know today or even tomorrow what can we get out there right now we can put together as a collective here you know just a, the few minds that we have right on the show what would be our collective manifesto what would we want to see as as changes to our world uh, what would we change and what do we envision that that's a very good question. What are the actual possible changes that could be made, you know, like in, in real real time? Uh, I mean, you know, there, I think there's a couple of different layers of, of things. I've, I've said it on you know, Facebook a lot. Look, all politics are local. Yeah. And in order to change the system, you have to change your local politics. Uh, that's where it all starts, and that's where it all originates from. National policy flows from state policy, and you have to change that. So it, you have a limited sphere of influence. So working with the people within your own sphere of influence is how things get changed. You know? yeah. We can kind of Sorry. coordinate ideas, you know, but I'm in Florida, you're in Washington. Where are you at, Jay? Uh, and where are you at, Chris? I mean, it, it, you know, we all have people. Oh, right now. Virginia. We have different spheres of influence here, so you know I I can't organization, yeah, you know, so organization, yeah, because information flows into organization. 
and our politics are going to differ depending on the region of, of our of the country. Like over Absolutely. here, I, over here, I'm close to D.C. I'm in the Virginia Beach area, Hampton Roads. The demographics here are very uh, familiar and similar as you would find in eastern Chicago or in Compton. Just a, it's just the same. This is the vibe, you know. It's yeah. different. So the politics are going to be different over here. The politics in Texas, however, if you have in the middle of nowhere where I was raised, it's going to be completely different political. So I absolutely agree that it is a local thing. Local is more important because at the end of the day, the federal government only dictates a, a certain level. And I think we've allowed them to get too much control. And that's our fault because we have allowed this to happen. So these are the repercussions. Now we've got to figure a way out to, to help better ourselves in this. And here's another thing we need to take into consideration, in my opinion, is, you know, we put these people in power and they were able to manipulate this. But we allowed it because we got comfortable. We got complacent. We're like, you know what? We can let the politicians take care of everything, but we can live out our, our own mundane lives how we see fit. As long as it's not affecting me, I don't care what's going on around me. But, you know, the more and more we start trying to put a blind eye to it, it starts affecting us only then. We start uh, rising up and taking a stance on it. It's like the frog in a boiling water it hops out immediately. You put a frog of water and put it on and, and put the heat on. Eventually, it fry. It, it boils with right. it and dies because people don't understand. It comes back to what I was saying about having a goal for humanity, but you can't get there if you don't have a goal from where you are. And the issue for me is, you know, I live in a city area, and yeah, I don't know anybody out here. I'm a loner, so getting involved with state type things has always been a bitter taste in my stomach to be honest because a lot of the things that i want to see addressed are really not things that other people even consider like part of the actual schema in life you know it's it's like none of that stuff you know i mean health is connected to organizations and people with degrees and uh, you get you really get blocked trying to make an emphasis or, or a change, you know, how many doctors are really fit, you know, but they're, but they're giving people advice constantly about, about their health and what they shouldn't or should or shouldn't do. And they might go out, you know, I don't know, for a smoke break right out after they do it. You know, it's not a, that's not like a hit on anybody that smokes. I'm just saying that when we're talking about health or we're talking about all these other types of levels of, of I guess, ways to improve the human condition, because isn't that what we're trying to do? We're trying to improve the human condition. Yes, um, absolutely. For our right, species, yeah. and, and yeah. so it shouldn't always be about like, oh yeah, is the check going to be in the mail? And oh, oh, like I have to work, I have to work myself um to death by uh you know grinding all my bones in the machine. By the time um I get my retirement, I'm not going to be able to move, and you know I'll probably be living in a group home. Or, you know, it, it's like people shouldn't have to worry about that. So the thing is, is the goal, the goals have to start at the individual level to become an organized thing. And then yeah. that's, but it never gets into the politics. Exactly. That's the real issue, you know? Yeah. So, you know, people do get stuck in their own, you know, like I said, you know, I think I, I, I said it somewhere. I think Brian made a meme out of it. <laughs> it was uh, blame air conditioning. You know, people left their porches in their front yards and they went into the cool and they don't talk to each other. It does come down to what you may have as an individual goal, but that also comes down to reconciling that with your neighbor's goals and your friend's goals that are, in your sphere of influence and saying, well, you know, I think that, you know, like here, I've been working real hard uh, on trying to build a movement around fixing my state's uh, primary election system because it's a closed primary and I'm an independent voter and I can't vote. I'm disenfranchised from voting in a primary. And it's only the Republican Party 
or the Democratic Party. There's other primaries, but, you know, I, I, I really think that's a broken system and it's led to a broken electorate, you know, so I want to fix that. So I'm trying to push that here locally with friends and neighbors. And Do you have like a website or something, Tim? No, not yet. I haven't gotten that organized with it. But I think that may be a thing as a toolkit on how to do some community organizing. How do you go out and meet the neighbors? And then how do you, you know, go over a beer, decide what's important to most amount of people that you could probably focus an effort on? You know, what are, where do we agree and where do we disagree? And focus on where you agree, you know, because that's well, where you're going to make progress. If everyone would just smoke a damn joint, we'd all be good. <laughs> I wish. Well, that, there's an issue. I mean, I think that that's wildly popular across the United States. You know, it's just, it seems to be only in the elite circles that are, that are making bank off of it. And, you know. I remember hearing an interesting standpoint about why getting high is such a, you know, unique thing and why it promotes totally different kind of thought process. And it, it, it's, when you think about getting high, it's basically almost like you're going, you're, you're developing a, a higher perspective um, from above ground. So it's like you're getting higher going into space. It's literally like a, when somebody says cosmic, you know, it's that, it's that silly hippie thing, but it's true. You really are. You're like raising your perspective into a higher point. So you can sort of see everything around you with a totally different sense of, of awareness. And that mentality isn't really gotten in the hustle bustle mentality that, well, that we go I about. Yeah, and it hasn't, but I do foresee marijuana becoming legal here pretty soon in all states. I do see that there's going to have to be some recoup in the economy, obviously, and that is one way that they will definitely, they will definitely do that. They will also most, go ahead, Tim. It's a gate. I think it's a gateway to help fix the economy if you open up that, yes. that whole uh, industry, you know, it. You know, over 50% of Republicans think that it ought to happen. You know, that, that is kind of crazy that it hasn't already. It's, I think, look, you know, they're all cash-based and it's all federally illegal. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, still prohibition era. It's all been in the hands of the cartel. And um, I, I know I bring this up a lot, but, you know, I was pretty narrow-minded, simple-minded thinking for a long time just based because I was in the military for a while. I came from a very stern Christian family. But I went to until and took psychedelics and started, you know, smoking weed. Where my fundamental factors of how I was raised started completely breaking down. I started questioning pretty much everything, and it took a lot of implementation to put that together and understand things outside of myself. We need to have people who are astute enough to guide and direct people and breaking down their mentality and then building it up in the proper way without focusing too much on being traumatized by the past experiences. There's always an upside and a downside. And I guess the thing that I fear the most with this is that as long as it's been held off and everybody's been wanting it, because that's what they do. They play, they tease you with the things that you want and that you want to get. And they kind of dangle it in front of your face like the golden carrot so that by the time it does come out, everybody is sort of so hunger, uh, like starved in, in regards that a majority of people will tend to fluctuate towards addictive behavior. I mean, this will cause a, a whole host of problems, of course, if all of a sudden, primarily, we make like this massive uh, focus on smoking and smoking. I mean, more and more of yes. it, you know, yeah, and that's, that, has, that really does have uh, negative repercussions. I mean, I'm surprised why there isn't as much. 
regarding the oils and the uh, and the edibles. That's something I've offered. I've, I've been trying to meet people and go, hey, you know, you want to learn how to make edibles? It's easier and you can, and it lasts longer because um, it's it's just one of those things that it it can it can go backwards. They're creating sort of a nihilist society, which is sort of where we're going right now. If you think about it, a lot of people are just kind of disguised nihilists um, about uh, everything. I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed nihilist, so I could fill you on that one. I mean nihilist in the sense of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. So fuck it, everybody either gets screwed up or you know drinks and and is merry or whatever. But they don't stop to think about how they're depleting their reserves to such a degree that there's going to literally be a point where the person can't function, you know, with the same optimum capacity that they could. Have. So and what happens when we get yeah. everything everybody wants, you know? So we let's say we do obtain this thing. What's the next thing that people want? What's the next prohibition cause? You know, there's always going to be, it seems like something else. I didn't mean to take it off in a tangent. I guess what I was trying to suggest is that when we look at it as one thing's going to get legalized, we're still sort of playing that mentality, kind of like what you were saying earlier, Brittany, about Kaczynski and the, and the, and the mind trap. So how do we get fluctuation? How do we get variety? You know, like if, if people knew that there were four or five totally different things that they could fluctuate. So on one day, they experimented with the Mary Jane on another day, they experimented with a different herb or another day they did this and they rotated between different things, different fields, different modes of reference points. That's what people need. This is something then we, you and I, or, you know, even plus more if they want to join like that kind of campaign thing or that kind of information that we could put together because I'm telling you it is coming. Like yeah. that, that's definitely here. It's around the corner. They'll have to do it. It's one of the only ways and possibly even psilocybin. I also become legal. Definitely will is, is legal in some states, some places already. So and psilocybin and DMT are big pushes and have been decriminalized and even uh, certain city municipalities. So it is here already. Just people need to be more mm-hmm. educated and just go to their local towns and say, Hey, decriminalize this and I might need or a week in a padded room that, before I try yeah. psilocybin, but <laughs> yeah, but like a like an educational page, like maybe we can build like a little web page or something, like get something started in there because we know that that's coming. So that's a change we will know will help at least a handful of people, right? And we'll definitely help them a lot more than that. Well, that's true. I mean, I think you know at least we can link out to other resources if we don't have the information ourselves. Absolutely. I guess the uh, reason why I mentioned space is because consciousness is and with these types of things. It's like getting into a spaceship and just taking off because we're talking about well, world problems, political structures exactly. and all that shit. And then we get high. It's like, oh, fuck. I just took my <laughs> no, spaceship. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up real fast. I want to say before I forget, because I'm also a little high. But while we were all talking and stuff and I'm like, OK, we got to do a campaign. Like, I have to think something like reach the people. I don't worry about you. Stephen Hawking out on us. He was like, hey, <laughs> Okay. So I was saying that, you know, with everything that's going on right now, there's a lot of stuff that we brought out, right? And I'm writing shit down and I'm taking notes. And the theme is for like a campaign or whatever, where we can push information about like marijuana responsibility and politics and how to do all that and that kind of stuff. Why don't we do some like kind of like 1960s type themish campaign because we're all about going to the moon right now. We can put all this knowledge kind of like together and do like show up at events where they're having violent uh, riots and hand out blunts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Chill everybody the fuck out. <laughs> Wear our berets and stuff. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Something like that. I definitely think we should start with the and then what, 
as opposed to being stuck right now, because a lot of people don't like thinking of the future, especially when there's no future to think of. We sure, have to it make our home. takes on an insult. Uh, it's like an insulting thought because everybody's been pushing this here and now mentality. And that's one thing yeah. about the new age movement that kind of gets on my nerves is there's so much focus on the right now that the past and the future become sort of irrelevant in that frame of reference. I think you have to be able to move between all three really function, right? Absolutely. Are you sure that that's going to be the pathway? Is there anything that we can push to the people or the people can change the police department? I mean, like, what would be the solution for this? I saw a couple of things, you know, in the sense of, I think you posted a link to somebody said that, you know, we, we need to have some accountability boards, you know, so some citizens review boards that work with the local police departments, police chiefs and stuff. Those are important first steps. If the, you know, the police doesn't engage the community, the community doesn't engage the police or the mayor, you know, all of these sheriff's offices, police departments, et cetera, what changes do we want to see manifested there? You know, I, I would like to see a demilitarization of police, less lethal force, much better training, those types of changes because what we see is a, a relatively qualified immunity needs to be rethought you know so i think with qualified immunity of police unions and the lethal force that they do have military lethal force it's a bad setup and so there's some changes that need to be made. i agree with you um uh, uh, tim and i mentioned this with you in a conversation we had uh, on uh, online today I was in the military for about six years, and one of the beneficial things I saw were the de-escalation of force that we had. While it was a pain in the butt, the point of it was to make absolutely sure the wrong people did not die. Now, if this kind of thing happened in the Army, these guys would have been strung up by their balls. They would have been made martyrs, you know. This kind of thing really does not happen in the military. I think police should have some kind of equivalent experience. Um, and psychological uh, testing as well. They screen for that. I mean, you sort of have to be a hard ass. You have to have a certain mentality in a way. Well, I think that you deal with people when they're at their worst often. And yeah, people will harm you. You know, so you have to be defensive. But I think Chris brought up an important point in the sense of being able to de-escalate a situation. Often officers escalate a situation instead of de-escalating a situation. You know, there's no need to get to a point where there's lethal force involved if the person is reasonably cooperative. You touched on it earlier as well, Jay, in the sense of, you know, often I think police forces are organized around protections of certain agendas and certain... Corporate interests, yeah. That's certain interests and certain layers of society. They, when they're running, they can't feed the homeless and uh, they want to run all the homeless people out of town and oppressing socio and uh, socioeconomically poor people that are just, you know, trying to drive them away. That's that's class warfare, and it's a war on society, and that's not where we need to be as a society, and the police force definitely does not need to be doing that. I think that there's, there's plenty of ways to, you know, write in campaigns, email campaigns, write down your thoughts, and, and email them to, a, you know, collect them all here on a local website, and we'll email them to your local, your local town, you know, those types of things. You know, the, the moveon.org and the petition websites and stuff are kind of good at, at, you know, boiling out a, a couple of thoughts and getting a lot of people to sign on to the thought. But petitions only have a specific use. So I think that if we can combine like a petition style, uh, that helps boil out the thought. But then it has to be focused into the right sphere 
of influence and applied at the local levels that it needs to be applied at. If you want to see change, actual change, you have to start at, there is no other way to start at your local politics. I think we have some fairly universal concepts that, you know, would apply at any town USA, but it has to be applied at every town USA. Uh, to be able to be a, a, a universal type of change. Start in your neighborhood. We need groupings. But you're right. So you got to start where you're at. I'd better and go a few streets know. over, though. <laughs> yeah. My neighbors uh, hate you know, me. That's, I mean, that's, it's all about community organization. It's all about community organizing and making the changes where you're at. And, you know, other communities like, like hey, you know, then you spread that message. Hey, we made this change in our community. We think it's a positive change. Maybe you need to make that same change in your community. And that kind of blows up. To do it. it, you have to start there. There only seems to be watchdog there. groups, really, at yes. the so local level. Co-opted that way. You know, the whole system became what it is today by every town USA. The USA. We are crumbling. And so I think that what we can do personally anyway to even even if we just change, if I just change one person's mind to change their neighborhood, I've made my goal. Like, that's just my goal. My goal is to get one person to change their neighborhood. For all the people listening, you know, some of us might be in a better position overall for just their platform, their pedestal. I would highly recommend for y'all to, you know, join us and, you know, see the benefits to this because it benefits everybody. Start in your neighborhood. You want to make the change, start in your neighborhood because you can change your neighborhood. And that's all you have to do. And get one person to change their neighborhood. That's all. And you changed it. You've done it. Congratulations. Right. Quit worrying about the rest of the, don't worry about the state next door or, yes. or the town next door even. Worry about your town and worry about your county and worry about your state. And then all of the, all the rest of that stuff flows out of it. You know? Absolutely. So you, you do have a limited sphere of influence, so use it. Problem is people get so caught up in looking at, you know, looking at the whole elephant, they don't know how to eat it. You know, it's just, there's only a couple of bites that you can eat. You know, everybody else has to eat their share too. So <laughs> there you go. Very good. Right. Yeah. I love that. Okay, guys, I'm excited. I'm going to say good night to the listeners. And thank you, listeners, for staying with us. You can find me on Instagram at Balance Brain Podcast, on Twitter at Balance underscore Brain. You can find me at Facebook at John Kennedy. Have a good night. All right, guys. Also, you have a good night. I love this. It was exciting.